Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast about vampires, doppelgangers, and relationship karaoke. My name's Claire. I'm joined as always by my co-host Beth, and we are here to recap the episode The House Guest. It's episode 16 of season two, so we're really rounding a corner toward the end of the season. Wow, I can't believe we're like close to being done with season two already. I know. Are we moving faster this year? Or I guess the year change doesn't signify a season change. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But this is a very exciting episode. Like last episode was super exciting and I had forgotten that usually there's like a kind of a lull after a really big episode like that. But yeah, we have like a couple of filler episodes normally. Chugged along full I know. speed. Who's the house guest? My guess at the beginning of the episode was Uncle John, but we'll see who it's going to be. Spoiler alert, Uncle John wasn't in this episode! I know! I'm feeling very blessed. (laughs) Yes, Uh, so we start at the Salvatores, and Stefan and Elena are making out in Stefan's bedroom, and they're being all giggly and playful, and like throwing each other onto the bed, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stefan is like, we gotta go to school. And Elena's like, what school? Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. But I was immediately suspicious uh, when Elena expressed that she might attend school. Yeah, she was like, school, you know that thing we keep forgetting about? (laughs) Yes, forgetting about. And there's no administration to, like, bring her into the office and be like, why are you absent? (laughs) Right, and Aunt Jenna's not keeping track. She's busy with her own drama. Yeah, uh, so they're being all cute, and then we go downstairs where Damon is just lurking around. And Elena looking person comes in and is like, Hey, Damon, I'm going to school. Yeah, Damon is like, Okay. And then he stops for a second and suddenly zooms and starts choking her against a wall, which is the customary greeting in Mystic Falls. <laughs> right. If you're not sure of someone, you better just choke them. Yeah, just in case. And he's like, you think you can fool me by changing your clothes, Catherine? And she's like, what are you talking about? Catherine's in the tomb, isn't she? And he's like, oh shit, am I strangling the wrong hoe? And so he (laughs) zooms upstairs, or Stefan comes out and is like, what the hell's going on? And he sees that there's another Elena in the house, and she's very flustered by being choked and doesn't seem to understand that Catherine is free. So he's like, oh my God, she was in my bed. I was just kissing her. So he zooms back to who he thinks is Catherine and starts choking her in the bathroom. And she's like, you're hurting me. What the fuck? And then it turns out that Damon was right all along that the downstairs doppelganger was Catherine. Oh my and God. And Stefan just choked his own girlfriend who he can't tell apart from his ex. So you'd think that they would have to have a conversation about that, but they don't. No, they are just like, oh, Catherine, you card. Basically what we've learned is that Catherine has gotten a hold of a hair straightener, as Claire mentioned, <laughs> and now she's able to look exactly like Elena. So who's who? I was going to say Freaky Friday, but I meant the parent trap. <laughs> Lindsay Lowe in the movies. Elena's like, what the fuck is she doing here? How did she get out of the tomb? What the hell is going on? Get her out. So basically, despite all of the choking that has gone on in this scene, um, they agree that they need to come together because they all want the same thing, which is Klaus dead. And then we get our title card. Yeah. And Elena's still skeptical. Like, she's really not feeling it, especially because, you know, there's this lady just impersonating her for LOLs, apparently. So I'm on Team Elena here, but the Salvatores seem more, like, on board 
they're at least pretending they don't want her there, but they're like, oh, but we need her help. Yeah, it's fine. I know. It's really weird because I feel like even just last episode, Damon didn't care if she was stuck in the team forever, and now they're just kind of putting up with her being around and causing drama and causing Stefan to choke out Elena. (laughs) Oh, you know, the usual ups and downs of teen relationships. Yeah. Oh, man. And then we actually do go to the school where I think everybody is at school today. Yeah, so like people are walking in, we see that there are students aplenty, um, and we start off and we see our pal Matt, so he's in school and he's hanging up posters for uh, live music at the grill. And the posters are like those stupid spray paint into a stencil lettering, like it's a punk show or something. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Or like a rent poster. (laughs) Like, the Mystic Grill literally has a fake fireplace in the middle of it. Like, it's not like that, Matt. Sorry. No. I think Caroline comes up to him and she's like, hey, Matt, like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you know, just hanging up some posters. Business has been slow at the grill, so we're trying to bring some live music into the venue. It's just like, this is so weird. Business has never been slow at the grill. Everybody goes there literally every day. It's the only restaurant in Mystic Falls, Virginia. And yeah, all of our characters are there at least once an episode. Yeah. So that's bullshit. I think Matt just really loves this band that's going to play at the grill and he wants an excuse to get them there. I know. Also, he's the bus boy. He's not like an event coordinator or anything. So it's a little weird. He's ambitious. He's trying to get that promotion. (laughs) Moving on up. (laughs) So of course, since it's Matt and Caroline, it quickly transitioned into transitions into Matt being like what's the deal Caroline you gotta just tell me how you feel or leave me alone yeah you know how I feel so now it's your move and decision since when are you the one who's tongue-tied and can't talk and I'm the one sharing my feelings oh yeah god forbid Matt clearly articulate his feelings Um, and they also have a quick back and forth about Tyler right (laughs) yeah so Matt is like yeah you know like Tyler came over and I saw him and, you know, I really felt like he was saying goodbye without really saying goodbye. It was stupid. And Caroline's like, oh, well, what else did he say to you? Kind of pressing to see maybe if Tyler ratted her out or something. Oh, yeah. He's like, none of your business. Just tell me if you like me or not. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. And Caroline is like, uh, and then we cut away from their lover's quarrel where Stefan and Elena are now entering school which i don't even remember the last fucking time these people were at school and stefan's kind of like so all this stuff that went down with Catherine and you this morning was pretty crazy uh maybe we should stay at your place tonight and elena's like sorry can't um we're having a girl's night you know bonnie's really messed up about losing her powers caroline is all hooked up on matt so And also, you just choked me this morning. Like, maybe we need to take a breather for a minute. That wasn't cute. Right. And Elena has, like, a quick jab. She's like, oh, since it's a girls' night, maybe Catherine can join us. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan kind of makes faces hearing about this girls' night. And I just know he's thinking, God, I just let you have a sleepover with your friends. I thought the exact (laughs) same thing. I really did. Yeah, he was, like, all bummed that Elena was spending time away from him. But he should be a lot more in the doghouse right now than he is. He choked his girlfriend. Yeah, like vampire strength. I'm surprised she doesn't have a mark. I'm surprised she's alive. Right? I know. Surprised. 
Um, <laughs> so then we kind of cut back to the Salvadors where oh my God. Damon is just casually using the flamethrower that we might remember from the night the tomb opened to try to burn Elijah's body. He's like going at it just like straight fire blasting for like at least 20 seconds of screen time. Yeah. And Catherine comes in and is like, don't bother. He's indestructible. You can't get that dagger back. And I'm like, apparently his clothes are indestructible too because they like are maybe slightly singed, but those should have been burned away and we should have been getting some great gray veiny gratuitous <laughs> nudity here. Oh my God, you're so right. It's very rude of them. It is. You can't just make up rules about what's flammable, Vampire Diaries producers. <laughs> Come on. So Damon is kind of not having Catherine's bullshit. He's just like, why are you pretending to help? Did you realize when you told me not to kill Elijah when you were actually secretly reverse psychologying me? Uh, did you know that I would die if I used the dagger? And she's like, oh, so many rules to keep track of with originals. And for some point in the scene, is she like holding a f- large feather and like stroking it? I feel like she was. Oh, I maybe she was and I missed it. I really <laughs> hope she was. I don't know. That image just popped into my mind. But she's kind of playing it coy like, oh, I, I don't know. Hmm. Damon's not really buying it. No, he's not. But then Catherine kind of like gets to the point of why she's around and she's like listen you can hate me all you want but i want klaus dead just as much as you do and you know that i always get what i want mm-hmm. and then as she's going back upstairs she throws over her shoulder oh and by the way of course i knew you'd die i had to do like i had to get out of the tomb and i don't didn't care what i had to do to do it Poor Damon. Damon is always getting fucked over by people. And, like, to a certain extent, he deserves it. Yeah. But it's also like, God. I know. I always feel bad when Catherine is mean to him. Like, worse than when other bad things come upon Damon. Yeah. Because that was, like, the original root of, like, why he was always murdering people like Lexi. Yeah. I mean, he still sucks, but Catherine is very mean to him. Yeah. Usually I like Catherine being mean to boys, but sometimes I feel a little bad. Yeah. Ugh, this is one of those times for me, for sure. <laughs> and so I think we go back to school then, and Stefan and Elena catch up with Bonnie. And <laughs> they have the great plan that they really need to loop in Luca and Jonas to take care of the Klaus situation. Because they're like, oh, well, you know, we're on the same side. We all want Klaus dead. And, like, he has the female member of the Martin part, uh, family. So they'll want to help us. Bonnie, can you help us set up a meeting? Yeah. Like, that is the last person you should be sending to, like, a liaise with the Martin family right now. Like, she pissed them off so hard they took away her powers. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. And she's like, uh, yeah, okay. No, this is a horrible plan, and it doesn't come to fruition. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it does not quite go as they expect, and another thing that doesn't go as I would hope is that everybody else kind of leaves and somehow Bonnie and Jeremy are left behind. And Jeremy's like, hey, give me some sugar or something. Oh. Bonnie's like, no. And he's like, Elena's not even here. They're in the hallway, like, surrounded by people, who, all of whom could tell Elena. Exactly. It doesn't matter that Elena herself wasn't standing there. Bonnie kisses him. And it was so gross. Even though it was like a one second peck. Yeah. I wanted to die. I know. It doesn't get any easier seeing this. It really does not. 
And she's all like kind of cutely excited about the possibilities. Literally choose any other person in this entire town. I'd rather her date close. I'd rather her date Uncle John Gilbert. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, no, that's not true. Because that has the added like statutory rape element. True. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I would rather have her date Matt Donovan. Yeah, me too. And that's saying a lot. It is. <laughs> that's gross. And then, speaking of inappropriate intergenerational, like, relationships, Alaric and Elena are in a classroom alone together, like, having a conversation about his relationship with her aunt. I'm like, what is going on at this school? Like, Alaric's relationship with all the kids is so inappropriate. It is. I don't understand how he gets away with it. Oh, right, because nobody else works at the damn school. They're talking about whether they should tell Jenna the truth about everything. And Alaric's like, I really want to, like, I hate lying. I, I hate lies. I want Aunt Jenna to know the truth. I don't want to be in the kind of relationship where I'm hiding things. Ultimately, Elena, it's your call because she's your aunt. But if we're not going to tell her the truth, then I can't be with her. Yeah. And during this whole time, I was just thinking, like, should it be Elena's decision on whether she wants to tell Aunt Jenna or not? I, I feel like it should be Alaric's decision. And then he should... I think it's nice for him to defer to her because they are family and he's just like... Yeah, I just her. feel like it's inappropriate, like, age-wise. Yeah, I mean, it's inappropriate for them to be having this conversation in the first place, but Elena does have more claim over Aunt Jenna. That's like, true. Jenna and Alaric could date for, like, two months and then break up, but Jenna Elena's and around Elena forever. are... Yes, a good point. So Alaric is just so sad here. His hair is very floppy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to live without Aunt Jenna, but he's leaving it up to Elena. And Elena, you pointed out, Elena was like, just how do you even tell somebody that after all of this? Like, how could they handle it? And you were like, well, what did everybody else on this show do? I know. I was like, literally all of you have been in this situation. She'll be fine. Yeah. And then we go over to the very uh, unbusy Mystic Grill <laughs> where Bonnie has arranged the aforementioned meeting between her and Stefan and Luca and Jonas. Footage not found of how she actually contacted them and got them to come there without them actually like slicing her head off. I know, right? It was like... It's seemingly like two hours after they had the conversation in the hall, but who knows. So the purpose of the meeting, I guess, is for Stefan to reiterate the fact that just because Elijah's dead, it doesn't mean that Luca and Jonas are their enemies and that Stefan, Bonnie, and the whole crew want to work with Luca and Jonas to kill Klaus and get back their sister, Bree? Greta. Greta? Sorry. (laughs) Oh my god. You were close. It was Britta? a female name. Britta or Greta? Greta. Okay. This is not community. <laughs> okay. You learn something new. It would be fun episode. if Britta was on this show for just one episode. It would. That would be the crossover of my dreams. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. So, <laughs> Stefan is being really earnest. He's got his serious face on. He's like, listen, you can trust us. You have my word. You have all of our words. And I'm like, your word does not mean shit. Like, how many lies do you tell every day, to even just to your girlfriend? Yeah. How many times has Bonnie raped your son? (laughs) Exactly. Like, even if Stefan was trustworthy, the fact that Bonnie was there would undermine everything. Like, 
what they just think that because bonnie's a witch it means that she can do whatever they want and they'll still be like friends with her i don't get this no and like when they came in jonas was like look i didn't want to do this but luca convinced me to hear you out i'm like poor luca he's so like He's been fucked over so many times by Bonnie, but he still, like, is being nice to her. Yeah, why? God, just run away, Luca. Like, I'm sorry about your sister, but just get the fuck out of here. Nothing good is here for you. Yeah, Uh, that's some good advice, Claire. So they kind of break off the meeting. We don't really know how it was resolved right now uh, because we then have to go back to the Damon and Catherine party at the Salvatore boarding house. They're both reading. Damon is, like, going through a box of Jonathan Gilbert's journals. Yes. And Catherine's trying to, like, peek at pages and see what the hell the deal is. And at some point, they get into a slap fight when she's trying to, like, grab one of the (laughs) diaries. Quickly escalates into, like, him pinning her on top of the piano. It's very violent. It is. Now, is this when they kind of have a discussion about Emily Bennett and her death? I think it's at this point that Damon's like, look, you say you're here to help. Why don't you talk? Like, tell me what the deal is. Okay. She's like, well, well, I don't know. And Damon brings up the witch burial ground that Elijah was looking for. He's like, oh, well, do you know anything about this witch burial ground? And she says that uh, Emily had told her a little bit about it because, you know, it was probably her forebears who were involved in the whole situation. And how, some explanation about how when a witch dies in a violent death or something that there's an energy transfer, like a mystical energy <laughs> yeah. of their death gets released. Like into the location or something. Yeah. Yeah. So if a bunch of witches were massacred all at once in the same place, there would probably be hella magic there. Yes. Um, Side note, how nice is it to be a writer on like a fantasy series where you could just make up rules (laughs) to further your plot as you go? Right. I was LOLing at that. What rule would you like to make up for witchcraft? Oh my god. In the Vampire Diaries? That's a good question. I'm going to have to think this through so I get the most out of it. How about you? I would like to think that if a witch gets kissed by a Gilbert man that somewhere her equal in power is born to avenge her. Whoa. (laughs) I like that. I hope that that comes true. That would be nice. (laughs) It would. Uh. (laughs) So this is just kind of a moment of exposition. So we know a little bit more about this new MacGuffin, the witch burial ground. It's the new very important crystal, except it's a place. Oh, I miss the very important crystal. Me too. Whatever happened to it? Oh, they blew it up, right? Oh, yeah. I think they blew it up on the roof. Damn it. Luca and Bonnie, right? No, that was the moonstone. Oh. But I think they blew it up at a different time. Okay. Fair enough. Readers, do you... Readers. (laughs) Listeners, (laughs) do you remember what happened on this show? Because we don't. Please let us know. Oh, and speaking of, like telling us when we fuck stuff up i realized after last episode that there was actually a very good explanation for the deal with uh jonathan gilbert surviving the attack oh what because he was wearing the ring <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i forgot he had it back well i don't know if they ever like established that the ring went that back far that back that far in the family but oh. apparently jonathan gilbert had the original one of the original rings so 
Stefan did kill him, but oh, then he came back. Oh, okay. I'm like, it makes a lot of sense now, but I it don't does. think I ever put that together. No, it was very confusing. And we're paying closer attention to this show than I want to say 98% of the people who have watched it. So if we didn't pick up on that, who did? I felt really stupid because they talked about the ring a lot in that episode. Oh, well. So sorry, guys. We can't always get it right. We can't. And please tell us when we fuck something up we love being publicly humiliated you can add don't us kink on shame Twitter. us <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think it's like kind of the last note on this conversation about the witch violent area um i think it was damon who was saying that if a witch could channel enough power in there in that location they wouldn't necessarily need a weapon to kill mm. and that would be in reference to klaus because yeah. If the dagger's in Elijah, then they don't have a weapon to kill him, so they would have to harness all of that violent witch mist. I think we find out about that a little bit later, but that's okay. Oh. Well, (laughs) I had it written down in this scene. (laughs) Okay. I think it kind of comes out in bits and pieces. But uh, we then go over to Jonas and Luca, and Luca's kind of like, what do you think, Pops? Jonas is like, listen, those assholes are not our friends. And I kind of side with him on this. Like, they want to work together today, but tomorrow they might be mind-raping again. Yeah. So he's like, what we need to do is get Elijah back because he is the one who can kill Klaus. Like, we can't trust those guys. They're our enemies. So we're going to find a way to get that dagger out of Elijah. And I am always on the side of anybody who wants to take the dagger out of Elijah because I just want to see his beautiful face bopping around town yeah i know he looks sad in that basement i wonder if they had to pay him like his normal rate for this episode because he didn't have any lines he just lay there yeah i don't even think it could have really been like a wax bust. i think it was it was a double uh and then we go over to girls night where there's this really weird scene that is all centered around some product placement for an ancient tablet <laughs> yeah it wasn't even like functioning properly from the from what they showed yeah it was like so what do we want, Chinese or pizza? And Elena says, do you even need to ask? And then we don't know what they end up ordering. Yeah. She's like, obviously I want this one, but they, we never find out which one it was. I could go either way on Chinese food and pizza at any time. I mean, I am the pickiest eater in the world, so it would be pizza for me. And I feel like it would be pizza for Elena, too. I just get that vibe. I think it would be because... she's like, I'm a regular Joe six-pack. I want my pizza. Yeah, and Stefan's always cooking Italian food. Yeah. Um, but the tablet, whose tablet was it? It was Caroline's? Yeah, it was Caroline's AT&T tablet. <laughs> oh, it was like Lord. this giant brick. Yeah. I feel, I don't remember when like iPads became a thing, but this looks like it was probably an early like copy of the iPad. Yeah. And so we see like her background screen is a picture of her with Matt and the founder's day float. I'm like, is that really a day you want to remember super hard? Oh, yeah, she looks so happy. And the, the day that you almost died in a car accident. <laughs> oh, God, I know. And it makes her really sad to see the picture, and so Bonnie grabs the tablet, and we see her, like, scrolling through, like, restaurants or something really quick. And I'm like, ooh, the tablet, it can do everything. I know, and it, like, wasn't even scrolling very smoothly. It's <laughs> like, this, this is old technology, very clear. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're kind of all commiserating about their situations. Bonnie is like thinking about Jeremy. Caroline is upset because she's not with Matt. 
and Aunt Jenna comes walking in, and she's kind of like, hey guys, what's going on here? And they're like... But she sounds really suspicious. It's like she she sees her niece with her two, like, age-appropriate female friends sitting in the kitchen. She's like, what are you guys up to? Yeah, you're right. But she lets Elena go on long weekends with Stefan, who's, like, creepy. Uh, Yeah, so basically Aunt Jenna joins in to Girls' Night because she... Let's everybody know that she's had a fight with Alaric. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is my favorite moment of the episode. And Jenna's like, oh, I'm sure that you've heard about my fight with Rick. And Elena's like, yes, but let me tell you, he feels terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And Aunt Jenna doesn't think it's weird at all. She's not like, why are you talking to your teacher about my relationship with him? <laughs> Like, why is he telling you more about his feelings than he's telling me? Uh, I know. Nobody questions this. It was so funny. <laughs> and then Caroline jumps in, which was also a little weird. And she's like, listen, Aunt Jenna, can I just play devil's advocate for a little bit? What if he's not telling you all of the details about the situation because he wants to protect you? And then Aunt Jenna's pretty much like, listen, it doesn't matter if he's trying to protect me. It should be my choice whether he tells me the truth or not. No more like, lies. You always should tell people the truth if you care about them. Oh, yeah. And then Elena's like, fuck. I know. She's like, trying not to make eye contact with anybody. Yeah. And Caroline also has the wheels turning. Like, she's kind of coming to a point where Matt won't stop bugging her, which makes it hard for her to, like, nobly sacrifice their relationship. So she's starting to think of ways that they can be together. Yeah. I'm trying to like rationalize to herself that she can be with him and not tell him. So that's a big thing in this episode is like, do we tell the only two people left who don't know what the situation is? I know there's the numbers are dwindling. Yeah. I think there was a point in the conversation where Jenna was like, is this all a ruse to make me feel better about Alaric? (laughs) Like, uh, no. (laughs) That's funny. So maybe that's why she was suspicious of them. But anyway. Caroline suddenly is like, listen, let's go dancing. There's music at the grill tonight. And they're all like, yeah, great idea. It's not like your ex-boyfriend works there and my very recent ex-boyfriend frequently day drinks there. And Bonnie's wannabe boyfriend is probably there because he has no life. Yep. So they all think this is a great idea. They None of them have any objections to it at all. Also having poor ideas is uh, J- Dr. Jonas Martin. Oh, yeah, this is the poorest. Yeah, this is... I don't know what he thought was going to happen. But basically, he and Luca have this plan to get the stake out of Elijah, and they're going to do it through astral projection. But Jonas is like, I would go if I could, but you don't have like enough power to send me. I have to do the one sending. So he is going to project Luca spookily, to wherever Elijah is, and he's going to pull out the dagger. And they start clasping hands and reciting Latin chants, and suddenly he's like, I'm in the Salvatore house. Damon and Catherine, or sorry, he says, Damon and Elena are here reading. And there's a shot of Damon and Catherine just sitting there, like, calmly (laughs) reading books in the living room together. I'm like, this is such, like, a lovely domestic scene. I I know, that was... (laughs) That was really funny. It's, like, not really what was going on. So he kind of sneaks down to the basement. Yes. But we stick with Damon and Catherine for a while, and they have a conversation about Emily now. Right. Yeah, so they're pretty much talking about the fact that when Emily died, she ended up dying in the same location that the witch massacre took place. 
Catherine's like reading over Damon's shoulder all flirtily. Like, ooh, when they came and took Emily Bennett today, and they took her to the place where the witches were burned. Ooh, I wonder where that was. Damon's kind of snapping the book closed so she can't see more. Oh, okay. Right. And Catherine's, again, like, trying to antagonize him into telling her shit. My big takeaway from this scene is, like, at some point, Emily got, like, dragged out of her bed and killed. <laughs> like, what? I want to see that story. What happened? Oh, that's so horrible. Yeah. Poor Emily. Emily. I know. Catherine's the worst. Everyone that comes into contact with her ends up dead. Yeah, pretty much. But she's like, ugh, I'm bored. I'm hungry. So she goes downstairs to the blood fridge and right. grabs herself a juice box. I noticed about the fridge that it's like the same spot full all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like really weird. And it's so much blood. It's mm-hmm. like, how do they keep that supply fill all the time? Yeah. They never really talk about where they get their blood now because it was a big deal when blood was going missing from local hospitals. Yeah. Where is Sheriff Forbes? She hasn't been in the show in so long. She's still on a cruise. <laughs> Catherine is downstairs. Um, Stefan shows up Mm -hmm. and Damon kind of gets the vibe that something is going on. So we remember that Luca has been like transported into the manor. Mm -hmm. So Damon is looking at the book and Stefan's like, oh, what's up with that? And then Damon shows Stefan a passage rather than say it out loud, I think because he doesn't want whatever is in the house to hear. Um, well, he knows sharing. that Catherine could probably hear him from downstairs. Oh, Catherine too. So he, he just points at what he wants and tells Stefan out loud that he hasn't found anything. And right. Stefan's like, ooh, nice. Yeah. So now we head back downstairs and Catherine is in the room with Elijah. What is she doing? Just like checking on him. And she notices that Luca has walked in and he started to like pull the dagger out of the body. So she can't see him. So it looks like it's just kind of like floating out of him, which is super weird. So she goes and shoves it back down. You can see Luca in the dungeon, but also back with his dad. So he's telling his dad, oh, Elena's here. She's fighting me. She's strong. And Jonas is like, oh, that must be Catherine. You got to stake her. She's a vampire. Yeah. She's and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Jonas, that you think that your astrally projected son can kill this 500-year-old vampire? I know. It was crazy. He's like, get like, him out of there. and drive it through her heart. And so Luca is like, my plan is to just break this chair in the room that Catherine's in right now (laughs) to make a stake. And so she kind of gets up and is like, what the fuck? There's this chair exploding. And he stakes her, but in the stomach. Yeah. And she yells for Damon. Yeah, she yells for Damon. She's like, Damon. So Damon comes down and sees that um, Catherine has been staked. So he grabs the nearby flamethrower and just starts firing. Luca is standing over Elijah's body, and he's getting burnt. So what's really crazy is then we flash back over to um, the scene where Luca is with Dr. Jonas, and he's on fire there. Mm -hmm. So it's really bananas. So he's just, like, on fire in front of his dad, and his dad is like, oh, my God, and tries to, like, put it out with a blanket or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It eventually goes out, and we see that Luca has been burnt, like, really, really bad. His face is all, like, shiny. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fucked up. And Stefan runs into the basement and is like, what what the fuck is going on? Damon's like, some kind of freaky-ass witch shit. Go over there and find out what's happening. 
So Stefan is heading over to uh, Jonas's house. Jonas is basically like kneeling over Luca's dead body. And it's a bummer, but also totally his fault. Yeah, he like tries saying a spell real quick, but it's not enough to bring him back. And Luca's dead. Yeah. And so we have this like big close up of Luca's burnt face. And then it just cuts to the grill <laughs> where this horrible hipster band is playing. Yeah, this is one of the worst transitions in the whole show. Um, I say hipster band, like the music, whatever, but like they're all literally dressed. If you like looked up hipster in the dictionary, it's like fauxhawks, but like 2010 hipster. Yeah. Like unnecessary scarves and fedoras. (laughs) And like dyed black hair. Yeah. It's bad, uh, but everybody at the grill is so excited, and they're dancing. There's, like, a lot of people at the grill. Yeah, well, they finally brought the business back with this wonderful <laughs> band. <laughs> oh, my God. So our ladies are in the crowd. Um, we've got Caroline, Bonnie, Elena, and Aunt Jenna walking in, and they're, they're dancing. They're having a good time. Now they at the party having a great time. <laughs> But it's soon to be ruined because Caroline sees Matt and Matt kind of is walking towards their general direction. And she's like, hey, Matt, what's up? And he just straight up ignores her and brushes past her. And everybody's like, oh, shit, that was awkward. And at the same time, uh, Alaric walks in and he and Jenna make eye contact. And she's like, fuck this and goes over to the bar. And he goes up to her, and I'm like, leave her alone, Alaric. You said you weren't going to bug her until you could tell her the truth. Like, keep to your word, dude. So he goes up, and immediately Aunt Jenna says, "Uh uh-uh, not tonight. I have traded you for Senor Tequila. (laughs) Jenna's on fire tonight, because then Alaric is like, I don't think Senor Tequila is going to treat you very well. She's like, looks like you two have a lot in common. Oh, Oh, burn Alaric. You suck. You just got Luke good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So Jenna's not feeling it. Uh, Caroline's really upset, and she's finally had enough, and she, like, dramatically takes off her jacket, revealing her sexy halter top. It's so sexy. (laughs) And goes up to the stage and just grabs the mic, and she's like, let's hear it for the band. I have a gentleman in my life who wanted to know how I feel, but apparently I can't use my words, so I'm going to sing. Yeah. And everybody in the crowd is like, oh no, honey, no, no, no. Myself included, I'm like, Caroline, you don't need this. And even the lead singer of the band was like, all right, I'll take the microphone back now. And she turns to him and she starts compelling him real quick. She's like, listen, you are going to play backup and let me live out my rock star dreams. And he's like, all right, so what'll it be? And then, do you know the name of this song? Eternal Flame. Eternal Flame. I knew I recognized it. Yeah. Luckily, Candice Akala has a lovely voice, and she sings it really well. And I really love this scene. I know that you didn't like it, because even though I don't support the Matt and Caroline relationship, basically what is happening here is that Caroline is standing on a stage, like, living her dream, singing a song very beautifully and everybody in the crowd is so into it and everybody's just laughing and smiling up at Caroline and loving her and I was like this is what Caroline deserves like an adoring audience that's true I just was having trouble getting over like the musical aspect of a show because it just reminds me of like how One Tree Hill opened (laughs) the Trick nightclub and about how there was that club in one tree or in the OC that all the kids worked at and went to and yeah. like I mean going back to Buffy they had the bronze and they all 
always had these like '90s bands coming to play at the Bronze. A thing going back, like I'm sure Saved by the Bell had people at what was it called, the Max. The Max. I guess they don't do it much on this show, so it's a little bit weird in the context of this show. But I don't know. I just like that Caroline had a nice moment. Yeah, I just it felt like really over the top for me. But I guess that's what you have to deal to do to get Matt's attention, (laughs) right? And he's, like, making this stupid face, like, he doesn't know what the fuck is going on But then he's really excited, and Mm -hmm. he goes up to the stage and kisses her, and the whole crowd starts cheering. I'm like, this is probably the happiest moment of Caroline's life, and that's sad, but I'm happy for her. You're right. You're right. She is really happy and proud. Yeah. And especially since their relationship started with Matt, like, not even admitting that they were dating and, like, being ashamed to be with her. Oh, yeah. It's, like, a very public thing. Yeah, he's kissing her in front of the whole town. And then he dips her dramatically. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I can deal with Matt for this moment just because it's exactly what Caroline wants. So (laughs) then we have yet another amazing cut from them kissing back to the same close-up of Luca's burnt face. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fucking jarring. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. And Stefan, like, comes running up to the apartment, and he doesn't even knock. He just, like, yanks a pipe off the wall or something <laughs> and rams it into the door to open it. And he sees Luca lying there, and he's like, fuck. And then Jonas gives him a million migraines. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you did this. You killed my son. I'm going to take everything from you like you took everything from me. <sighs> like, this was your own goddamn fault. Like, I don't fault you for not trusting them, but sending your child into a vampire house and, like, instructing him to fight the vampires instead of leaving. Yeah. I think that if he just unheld Luca's hand, he would have been out of it. Right? You know? It was a horrible decision. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for the guy. His yeah. life sucks, but... <laughs> it was a little creepy because I forgot that that ha- that this happened but Jonas like pulls out a whole bunch of Elena shit he okay. has like a picture of her in her cheerleading outfit and also her hairbrush with a bunch mm-hmm. of hairs in it so he took that the last time that he creeped into Elena's house yeah. um, while everyone else was home um, and presumably now that he's given Stefan a million an- aneurysms he's gonna go find Elena yeah so he does a locator spell using her personal effects yep and Stefan's like, holy fuck. And at first you think it's because he's like looking at Luca for the first time, but then the camera pans over and he's seeing the stack of Elena's possessions. It's <laughs> like, right. he doesn't give a fuck about Luca. <laughs> so true. Then I think we cut over to Catherine and Damon real quick, right? Yeah. So they're catching up and pretty much she's saying to, to Damon that she had to make a deal with Uncle Father John Gilbert in regards to either Stefan or Damon dying, right? Yeah. Well, first, Damon comes in the room and just stabs Catherine in the stomach with a steak. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. I forgot that. Oh, my God. He's like, this is for not caring that I would have died when I killed Elijah. She's like, you know more than you're saying. And he's like, well, look who's talking. You know everything. She's like, you won't like what I have to say. And so she reveals the deal with Uncle John, which is that... Oh, God. It's really convoluted. It is. It's basically that if she didn't stay and help them get rid of Klaus, he would have killed Stefan. And so she's helping to save Stefan, but Uncle John is still trying to get Damon killed. And Damon's like, what the hell is up with that? And she's like, oh, well, yeah, I had to choose which one of you I could save. Oh, that's what Stefan. Duh. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Sorry, Damon. Damon makes a hurt face because he's still surprised after all these times that everybody always chooses Stefan for some fucking reason. Every day he's with Catherine, she <laughs> reiterates the fact that she chose Stefan over over Damon and continues to do so. Yeah. And then I think we go back to the grill where Elena <laughs> has the shocking moment. Yes, so Elena's on her way to the bathroom, you know, a lady's gotta go after a long night of dancing, and she walks in, and Matt and Caroline are just making out hardcore up against the fake stone wall in the Mystic Girl bathroom. Like, and if she's you're like, hook up in the bathroom, go in a stall. People need to pee. I know. It was very rude and weird. All, like, I don't know. I've never been one for making out in bathrooms because that's where people shit. True. But they were really into it. Yeah. So Elena kind of runs out and she runs into Bonnie and she's kind of like, it seems like Bonnie's on her way to the bathroom. So Elena's like, I wouldn't go in there. Uh, Matt and Caroline are kind of having a moment. Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. And Bonnie's like, oh, okay. And Elena's like, whatever. I'm just really happy for them. And Bonnie takes that as an opportunity. She's like, such an amazing segue. (laughs) It was. She's like, oh, hey, um, speaking of happy, would it freak you out if I started dating your brother, Jeremy? (laughs) Oh my God. The moment we've all been waiting Uh, for. Elena does not react the way that I want her to. Yeah, she's just like, uh, well, yeah, that's fine. I think he's he's been through more pain than any person should ever have to go through. And this like big dramatic thing. So yeah. he deserves somebody like you. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He deserves a therapist for sure. <laughs> right. He doesn't need to be dating anyone. He needs a therapist because both of his parents and both of his girlfriends died. Listen. It is a fallacy that just because somebody has suffered and, like, been through unhappiness in their life that they deserve somebody to fuck them. Yeah. He has not earned Bonnie's attentions through pain. You get somebody's affections through chemistry and people liking each other, which unfortunately seems to be happening here. I just hate that logic. It's like, oh, yeah, he went through this gauntlet and now he has won you. Yeah. But... I don't think Elena means it that way. I think she's just trying to be a supportive friend. I think so. Which is nice. It's just unfortunate that the gentleman in question is Jeremy Gilbert. Uh, I agree. But Bonnie seems happy for two seconds, and Elena seems happy. Yeah. She's like, oh my god, really? That's so amazing. Ah!" But nobody's happiness is going to last for very long, because Jonas has arrived at the grill. (laughs) Yeah, so he, like, walks in and... He's mad, um, to say the least. And Bonnie kind of sees him when she walks in and she kind of runs up to him and she's like, Dr. Martin, like, hello, what's wrong? We want to help you. And he's like, uh, no. And he breaks all of the lights in the whole grill and shuts Mm. off all of the power really quickly. Yeah. And he tells her that Luca is dead. So he's come to get his revenge. Yes. And And she's like, oh my God. I'm like, don't pretend you care about Luca. I know. That was fucked up. I I was thinking the same thing. And Dr. Martin is like, listen, the only chance of getting my daughter back is if I have Elena, so I will take her from here. Yep. And he finishes putting out all the lights using some electricery. <laughs> and in the bathroom, Matt and Caroline are like, whoa, what happened? And Caroline is super horny. And she's like, even better. And Matt's like, oh, well, you know, I work here. I should go out and see what's going on. So he heads out 
to check on the situation. And at this point, Jonas has escalated to setting the entire bar on fire. <laughs> yes. I, does he, like, make the fire jump from the fake fireplace, like, over to the bar? I felt like he smashed a bunch of alcohol over the counter and then set that ablaze. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Oh, God. I don't think he has quite Bonnie's gifts with fire. He needs a catalyst, maybe, there. Yeah, and he's like, no one's leaving here until I get Elena. Yeah, and Caroline boner faces and like leaps onto him but he immediately gives her a migraine and she falls to the floor and Matt is like whoa what the hell and he tries to go over to her but then Jonas just like grabs him <laughs> and breaks a bottle and stabs him in the neck I'm like does he even know who Matt is I don't <laughs> like think he's so because Matt's not in on all these plans so he's just so mad that he just wants to kill all the white people which I understand <laughs> Oh my god, I know it. I mean, if I just saw Matt's face, I would have assumed that he sucks. Yeah, I wouldn't think twice about stabbing him in the (laughs) neck in this type of world-ending situation. Yeah, and so Caroline's like, oh my god, she like runs over, he's covered in blood, and she's trying to like get herself under control, because, you know, the bloodlust. Yep. And she makes a controlled boner face and bites her wrist and feeds it to him. And she's like, you have to drink. And Matt gives this look on his eyes, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. imagine, like, if you had just gotten stabbed and then your significant other was forcing you to drink their blood <laughs> and you didn't know about vampires, you didn't know about anything. I would make that face, too. So I would, Fair too. enough, Matt. Oh, my God. It was so much. And I think at some point, like, Elena sees dr martin and she's like listen we're sorry about luca but let us help you like you don't Mm -hmm. need elisha and i'm just like you don't get to say sorry for his son being dead you know it's just her again kind of like making light of other people's problems yeah but seven has gone to the grill and damon has found out that jonas is hunting down elena yeah and he's like okay Catherine, we'll finish this later i'm gonna go and she's like no you need me like here's the plan you need me to come with you so we know there's some kind of plan going on in the background. Right, yeah. So people are pretty much heading out, and Jonas leaves uh, Matt and Caroline behind and leaves too. And I think we then cut to Bonnie and Jeremy. I don't remember where they are. I think they're back at Jeremy's house. And Bonnie's like, I feel so bad about what happened to Luca. And I mean, after everything we did to him. I'm like, wow, some self-awareness for a second. But of course, Jeremy budges in and he's like, listen, no, after what he did to you, I am not going to feel bad about this and you shouldn't either. What did he do to them? Like the only thing he did was like pretend to break the moonstone. I'm like, Bonnie literally did the same thing to everybody last year. I know. The only thing I can think that Jeremy has to be mad about is that Luca showed interest in Bonnie. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Terrible. So I just want him to shut up. Uh, I think everybody else gets back to the house, except I think Alaric is still walking Aunt Jenna home. He, like, escorted her out of the grill after the lights all went out. Like, time to go. Yeah. This is not good. Jenna seems to have no idea that anything is going on in this episode. Yeah, which is weird because, like, okay, power goes out in places, but all of the light bulbs exploded (laughs) and the bar literally caught on fire. I think she left before the fire started. Oh, okay. Well, still, it was, like... I don't know. It's just yeah. so weird. She did not question it at all. No. But everybody's hanging out. Stefan gets there, and he's like, when did you guys get back? 
did you check the house? And Jeremy's like, why would we do that? Yeah, why would you? And so Elena goes upstairs and is like about to splash some water on her face in the bathroom she shares with Jeremy. But then Jonas shows up behind her. (gasps) Oh my god. But then the tables, they are turned. They are. So who we think is Elena turns around. But then we quickly realize that it's Catherine because she... Bites Jonas, I think, and kills him real quick. Yeah, she just drinks all his blood in, like, two sips. Yep. And we realize that Catherine had come up with a plan to once again impersonate Elena, but for good reasons this time. Yes, so I think Stefan knew in this circumstance. Yeah, because he, like, when Catherine went upstairs, she's like, listen, he'll explain the plan to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, So... That was pretty good of Catherine to do. She later is like, oh, well, you know, we need Elena alive to finish this plan. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Bonnie runs upstairs and she's like, hey, you didn't have to kill him. And then Catherine's like, uh, yeah, I did. But then as Bonnie, like, is leaning over to close his eyes in somewhat of, like, a respectful format of his death. Um, And then he wakes up and, like, grabs her by the face. And it's scary for a minute. And you're like, what's what's Like, the camera is shaking and, like, she's screaming. And then Stefan steps in and snaps Jonas's neck. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. And now he's for real dead. Right. I think then Elena comes up. Or she's talking to Damon for a minute first, and she's like, how did you get Catherine to agree to this plan? And Damon's like, actually, it was her idea. But Elena still is not feeling the Catherine thing, so she, like, goes up to her, and Catherine's like, hey, a thanks wouldn't go amiss. Yeah. (laughs) And she tells her, listen, you know, I know that you hate me, I'm not fond of you either, but I need you alive for this plan, so you're safe. Just deal with it. Yeah, like, we need you alive to get to Klaus, so just stop. And I don't think we have too many face-to-face scenes with Elena and Catherine so far. Like, we have a couple before she gets in the tomb, but not a ton. Yeah, there was, like, the big one where they first met at the Salvatores, Mm -hmm. but then it's mostly, like, one of them is impersonating the other. Yeah. So it's always fun. Like, there were several scenes of them together, and I was like, (laughs) this time it is, like, a... Parent trap. Parent trap again. <laughs> I know. I almost said Freaky Friday again. <laughs> yeah. The technology has become a little more sophisticated, but yeah, it's always fun to see the two characters together because Nina Dobrev is an underrated actress, I think. She does a really good job of differentiating between the two. She does. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know we all, you know, are spoiled by Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black playing like eight characters, but Nina Dobrev did it first. Well, not first, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, So anyway, we then go back to Alaric, who is walking Jenna home. She's like, well, thanks for walking me home, but I'm going to go inside. And then Alaric decides to give her this big speech. Yeah, and he's like, listen, Jenna, I just can't tell you the details of Isabel's death and what happened. It's not my story to tell. But the thing that I can tell you is that I love you, and that's that. And she's like... Okay, good night. Yeah. And he explicitly says, Isabel is dead. I just can't tell you everything about it. Yeah. I'm like, you could have finessed that so that you didn't have to straight out lie. I mean, I guess technically, if you understand the vampire thing, she is in a way dead. Yeah. But you just seem to be setting yourself out to get found out here. Also, I mean, 
not that I want to like speak ill of the dead, but if somebody's dead and it was your wife, I feel like that kind of is your story to tell. Yeah. You know what I like? I would not take that as an excuse if I was Aunt Jenna. And Aunt Jenna seems to not. No, she yeah. Like, she's like, saying, oh, Alaric, I love you too. No, she just goes inside. Mm-hmm. She's going to think about it. Good job, Aunt Jenna. I'm proud of you, girl. It was sweet that Alaric said that he loved her, but he is also still being kind of a dick. Speaking of someone who's being kind of a dick, we hop back over to see Jeremy talking to Bonnie. No. And he's mansplaining at her so hard. And he's like, listen, Bonnie, I really think you have a serious case of denial here. I'm like really worried about you. The only person who could give you your powers back is dead, and now you have no powers. How the fuck does he know that the only way she could get her powers back is Jonas? Like, new (laughs) witchcraft rules are popping up every day. Yeah, and he doesn't know shit about anything. No. Uh, I was so annoyed. But then she just kisses him and places her hand gently on his chest. Ugh. Oh. And starts channeling him, and she's like, "Guess what, bitch? Jonas gave me back my powers, my powers, when he <laughs> clutched my head, and he also told me something. He wants me to kill Klaus, and he told me how. So, like the little bits that we've been getting, like you mentioned about this, you know, witch burial ground, uh-huh. is that Elijah's plan was to use a witch to." channel all the power from that and that that would kill Klaus when he's weak after the sacrifice. Wow. So Bonnie now feels that she can do it and that's why Jonas gave her back the powers because he still wants to save his daughter which, you know, makes sense. Pretty nice. She's the last one left. He's He was so careless with his son. I hope that he would be a little bit more protective with his other children. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. luck, Greta. Yeah. And we like have not seen Greta at all. No. She's probably off with Klaus wherever the fuck he is. So Jeremy's, like, really into this. His girlfriend has his, her powers back, so he can now go back to saying, are you sure you're strong enough every five seconds? <laughs> that is, like, every time she tries to do something, he's like, I'm worried about this. Are you strong enough? Oh, my God. It's so annoying. Yeah. Jeremy, you have nothing to offer the world in terms of talent or strength. Nope. So then we go back to the Salvatores, and we're in Damon's bedroom now, and he's just, like, lying in bed reading a diary or something, and Catherine comes up. Her hair's all curly now, so we know for sure it's Catherine. Yeah. She didn't bother to straighten it after, like, washing all the blood off her body. And she's also wearing this, like, very sexy black lingerie set. Yeah, and she has, like, a sexy robe over it. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. And they start talking again... And she's like, I know that you know where the burial ground is, and I don't know why you won't tell me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she says, well, you knew that uh, Emily was the key to getting me out of the tomb, so you were keeping a close eye on her, so don't try to tell me you don't know where she died. I'm like, I guess that kind of makes sense, but if that were the case, wouldn't he have, like, stopped her from getting killed? <laughs> yeah, right? But... Apparently it is the truth that Damon knows based on that one line in the diary, but he's not going to tell Catherine and he's sassing her and she's like, Ooh, you're so sexy now. I like this new Damon. You're always so mean to me. And he, she uh, starts trying to kiss him, but then he's like, there are so many other bedrooms in this house. Go find one. And he like shoves her away. Yes. Good job, Damon. I'm glad you got some self-respect. Yes, me too. And Catherine makes like a confused slash hurt face. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, girl, what were you thinking? (laughs) 
you literally told him that you wouldn't care if he died and that you actively knew he was going to. Well, she threw him a bone saying that she was glad that he didn't die. Yeah. Oh, so kind of you. (laughs) So I think she was just used to being able to fuck Damon whenever she wanted. And she's probably horny. Like, it's been a while since Mason died. Like, who knows if she's been getting any. Well, she wasn't in the tomb. Yeah. (laughs) All the tomb vampires were released. Damon seems like he's good for LA. Totally. But then we go back to the Matt and Caroline situation. Wow, yeah. So Matt wakes up, um, and he's kind of like, oh my god, and he starts feeling his neck, and it's all healed. And he's like, wait, but I got stabbed, and how is it healed? And wait, did I drink your blood? (laughs) And Caroline's there just kind of like sitting very calmly at first, and she's like, yes, Matt, um, you drank my blood, my blood healed you um, because I'm a vampire and that's what vampire blood does for humans. And Matt does not take this news very well. Yeah, she's all excited to be coming clean and she's so optimistic about it. She's like, and now it's fine, like, you know and we're together and it's great, but then Matt suddenly, like, connects a very old dot. It's like, wait, Vicky said that a vampire attacked her and I thought she was just high. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, (laughs) Oh my god, and Karen's like, Matt, it's okay, like, we love each other, we're in love, like, we'll get through this. And he's like, no, no, Caroline, what did you do to my sister? And And he's, like, like, grabbing her and shaking her. I'm like, get your filthy mitts off of her. I know, she could destroy you with her pinky. Yeah, and also, like, don't do that to your girlfriend. Right, (laughs) totally. Uh, So Matt, like, starts, like, running away from Caroline, and she is kind of zooming around to catch up with him, and she... And he tries to go for the front door, and she's like, listen, I can't let you leave. Not like this. Yeah. Whew. They had, like, 20 minutes of being together before the next big drama. Yeah, and of course we can't trust Matt to, like, deal with this in a reasonable manner. No. He's convinced now that Caroline is the one who killed Vicky. I, like, almost forgot about Vicky. Isn't Aww, that horrible? R.I.P. girl. I know. So that's unfortunate. Caroline got one happy moment, and now it's all come crashing down again. And we re- leave that kind of unresolved. We don't know what's going to go on there. And our very last scene is back at the Gilberts, where Aunt Jenna is hanging out with Elena. I forget what they're even talking about. They're eating ice cream, oh, right. and Aunt Jenna's like, if I go to bed now, I won't. there's a chance I won't be hungover tomorrow. And I'm like, is that hangover logic? That's because not how it works. The later I stay up when I'm drunk, the less my hangover is, because I think the alcohol leaves your system or something. I don't know. But she should be, like, guzzling water and maybe eating some nachos. She's eating ice cream. I feel like that's not good, like, drunk food. No, I would never eat ice cream when I was drunk. It just sounds like a bad idea. And she's not a drunk amateur. She had a scene with Alaric earlier where she was like, whatever this truth that you don't think I can handle is, like, listen, I was a grad (laughs) student who smoked a lot of pot, and now I'm a mother, basically. I can do anything. (laughs) And I'm like, she knows, like, her hangover cures. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) But suddenly the doorbell rings, and it's like, what the fuck time is it? But Jenna goes to answer it, and uh-oh, Alaric, sorry. I think she just came here exactly to blow up your spot. But it's Isabel. She's like, hello, you must be Jenna. I'm Elena's mother. Oh, my God. And Elena's in the background, like, looking like, 
Isabel. And Jenna just kind of looks back and forth between them, looking shocked. And that's the end. Whoa. That's the house guest. Yep. Jenna's now going to know at least one thing, which is nice for a change. Isabel's alive, or at least, you know, walking around. Now, what I couldn't remember, does... Okay, Aunt Jenna does know that Isabel is Elena's mother, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. She, she says found that it out the... because she looked her up on Bing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. She's but the what's... one who told Alaric. Oh, yeah. But what's confusing is that Isabel is supposed to be dead. Yes. And Alaric had literally just told her, listen, Isabel is dead. Alaric, you can't pretend that your ex-wife is dead for your new relationship. <laughs> That's bad news. Especially when she's like a fucking vampire who might just want to come by just to be an asshole. I know. She knows where you live. Alaric really doesn't think things through. No, he doesn't. That's a bummer, but... He's all Aztec shamans and no reason. <laughs> That should be the name of his biography. (laughs) So yeah, a lot of stuff happened in this episode too. Like last episode felt like a turning point, but it gets even more twisted here because we move forward with the witch burial burial ground plotline. Luca and Jonas are now dead. So the only witch in the equation is Bonnie. And then I guess Klaus's witch Greta. Oh yeah. And... I couldn't believe that Bonnie got her powers back so fast. Like, in my mind, she had been without her powers for several episodes, (laughs) but it was only one episode. Well, I was expecting it to be a really long time because of last week when you said that my powers was in the opening I think it is. Or maybe just, like, it's such a unique line reading that I I just really remember. Yeah, I'm fine with it. So, yeah, and Matt is now in the loop until he gets compelled, I guess. And Alaric is now in the doghouse, even harder. Yeah. Isabel's back in town. What the fuck? I know. Can't be for any good reason. A lot of characters have come back now that Jonas and Luca are gone. And Elijah. So we're just racing toward the end of the season. Like, I, I don't remember what happens in the next few episodes, but I know what we're heading towards, and I'm very excited. I know I've heard on the streets that <clears throat> the season two finale is really good. Well, I have told you that. Oh, okay. That's one street that it I've is. heard it. So who you want to punch today? I want to punch Jonas. Yeah. He is so stupid. <laughs> if, he, if he had just unheld Luca's hand instead of telling his son to stab a strength a strong vampire then none of this would have fucking happened poor yeah. Luca he's had nothing but torture and death in like the past four episodes and he seemed like a genuinely good person mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I also feel like I don't trust Jonah Jonas yeah. <laughs> Jonas because like it just seemed too stupid for him to make that decision. Yeah. I feel like part of this is a fault of the show because Jonah, Jonas, and Luca were around for actually quite a while for minor characters, but yeah. they were never really developed all that well. It was like late in the game that we heard that there was a daughter in the equation, but they never really got to have like real personalities. The only people they really interacted with were each other and then occasionally Bonnie in not mm-hmm. a good way. Yeah. So like we couldn't really care about them that much, so we could never be on their side totally. Right. That's a good point. 
But yeah, Jonas deserved a punch for sure. But he did get killed, so there's that. He did. And I wanted to get in a good slug. I thought that that was sweet, but now I'm worried because it's like, okay, so is Bonnie going to carry on this like assignment from her witch lineage? Or is she going to protect her friend? Because presumably Mm -hmm. she can't kill Klaus unless Elena's dead. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know if we've got some conflict brewing there. We'll see. We will. Who did you want to punch this episode? Well, definitely Jonas was in the running. Mm-hmm. I think the other person who deserves a punch this episode is Matt. Yes. I mean, for all the obvious Matt reasons of him just, like, getting in Caroline's face, never giving her the benefit of the doubt about anything, always expecting and assuming the worst. And that comes even more hardcore after she reveals she's a vampire, that immediately he just assumes that she's the only vampire who could have possibly done things to Vicky. Yeah. And it's like, you know Caroline, like, she shared this confidence with you, and you could, like, maybe give her two seconds to tell some stories. Like, you think there's only one vampire in the world? Come on. I totally agree with you. I'm always down for a map punch. Yeah. And, like, if somebody I was, you know, in a relationship with revealed that they were a vampire, and there was, like, some kind of compelling evidence that that wasn't just them, like, showing signs of schizophrenia... You know, I don't know how I would react. Yeah. It would be a mess, but I don't think that I would immediately start accusing them of, like, murdering my family. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just because I hate Matt, but I was just like, fuck you. Like, give her a second. He never gives her a second to explain anything. No, he just starts screaming in her face. Yeah. And then her feelings are hurt. Yeah. And grabbing her and violently shaking her. So, fuck you, Matt. Why are men? Ugh, why are men? Why is Matt? Why is Jeremy? Why is Alaric? Why are the Salvatores? Why is Jonas? Like, the only man I don't really have a problem with this in the episode was uh, Luca. He got burned to death. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Something that really bothered me in terms of why are men is is Jeremy in this episode. So, it was like... Jeremy and Bonnie finally get Elena's blessing to be together. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I'm not happy about it. Mm -hmm. So one of their first meetings after this blessing is when Jeremy is straight up mansplaining to Bonnie about how she's in denial about her powers when she already had them back. And I feel like this is a recurring theme that we see in the show and also like in real life when men really the only way that they can like display and emote quote-unquote love is by expressing concern for a mm-hmm. woman and immediately offering like their advice and protection which is totally unneeded and yeah. not indicative of love and I think that it's really easy to interpret that especially as we see on this show and like every other fucking show that like that is what love is but that yeah. is not and also there was a part of me that was wondering if Jeremy really wanted her to accept like what was going on so that they would be on the same level because wow. he has nothing. Like he's just a dude. Like he tries to participate but he always fucks up and like gets you know kidnapped right. into the tomb or something <laughs> or like uses all of the powder or whatever the yeah. fuck that was. And now he's like, "Oh, now Bonnie's just going to be a regular schmuck like me. Like she's going to need me to protect her." And even when she had her powers, he was always trying to do that. Yeah. And, like, hover over her and make it seem like she needed him. So he was probably excited about that. And now she has her powers back and he gets to worry about her overextending herself. So he always has a way that he has to be, like, the one who knows more than the one who knows best for her. 
Exactly. He sucks. Even at, like, age 16 or however old he's supposed to be. Ugh. He needs to fuck off and go to, like, lady school. (laughs) I like the idea of lady school. (laughs) If I ran a lady school, oh, man. It would be all about, like, ladies are fine. If they entertain you in their lives, feel lucky. Yes. Oh, my God. Can we open lady school? (laughs) Hey, if you guys want to contribute to our Kickstarter to fund our lady school where we teach men feminism and how not to be assholes. Oh my god. New life dream. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, there was the Jeremy stuff. There was, you know, all the usual shit with Alaric. Mm -hmm. And he means well, and he really did insist that he wanted to be honest with Aunt Jenna, which was nice. But at the end of the day, he did try it on, like, maybe I can get her without telling the full truth. Yeah. Like, Isabella's dead. I'm not going to tell you anything else. Even though he had promised he was going to leave her alone if he couldn't tell her the truth. And then everything I said about Matt, basically, times two. Yeah. Also, we just had, like, a lot of violence from Stefan and Damon in terms of just choking women frequently in every scene. Like, make sure, maybe, for a second, that this actually is Catherine before you choke her, because the alternative is that it's a human who you could easily kill. So, the opening scene is still confusing to me, but was it Catherine that Stefan was making out with? No, it was Elena. It was Elena? Yeah. Okay, because I felt like he could always tell when they were making out if it was her or not. Yeah, I don't know, like, what the rules are of when they can tell. Yeah. And I don't know what exactly it was that made Damon think that it was Catherine in the first scene. He said something about her wearing a different outfit, but it was, like, the next morning yeah. after he had seen her, so it didn't really make sense. Yeah, it was weird. It was, like, they both have straight hair. They're both wearing necklaces. You know, it's not too hard to act like Elena. Just be like, Stefan, we need school, to to school doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Just, like, make doe eyes and appeal to, you know, the sensitive side of both brothers, and you're basically Elena. Hug somebody in your Elena. Life hack. <laughs> I could impersonate Elena, I feel like. I would just go up to the person who had wronged me the most in my life and hug them. And be like, it's okay. It's Are okay. you okay? Oh my god. Ugh, right. You weren't Elena. Lady uh, School 101. No. Yeah, Lady School 101. If a dude tries to get a bunch of werewolves to kill you, don't hug him. <laughs> I guess ladies can go to ladies' school, too. Everyone's welcome at ladies' school. We have to come up with a better name for this. No. Lady school. Uh, I don't know. It reinforces the gender binary. Human school. Human school. That sounds too scientific. Yes. We're the Greendale human beings. (laughs) All right. The most terrifying mascot. So, uh, let's just transition bluntly, a la Luca's face, to the hipster band. Who should have done it? Oh my god. Okay. I think that Caroline should have done it with the lead singer of the band. Whoa. Yes. Listen, we all know that she's way too good for Matt. She rocked her performance. The band sounded, like, pretty good. Like, they knew the song. You know... I just think that Caroline deserves someone better that can keep up with her musical prowess and skill. But is he better? <laughs> I don't Probably. He was dressed so stupidly. We're talking and he about tried that. to yank the microphone away from her. Oh, well, yeah, he's still better than Matt. Okay. 
Maybe she would join the band and usurp him and become the lead singer. Yes, and he would just be, like, her little buddy. Yeah, right? I was trying to think of, like, a term for that relationship that isn't somehow offensive. Minion. Well, in a sexual sense. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, What was the band called again? I feel like you looked it up. Oh, I did. What what were they called? Um, S.O. Stereo. Oh, my God. So I'm very sorry if you're a member of S.O. Stereo listening to this right now. We did not enjoy your performance. (laughs) No. But it was 2010. Some people were making some difficult sartorial choices. (laughs) Uh, Or maybe it was 2011 by now. It's season two. Uh, the tabloids in our lives now, so... Feel free to shame us on social media for being humorless hags. I we love should... to be called things like that. <laughs> it, I draw strength from hatred. Ooh, that's a good life skill. Stay you pressed. teach it at lady school. <laughs> Staying pressed, 101. <laughs> uh, so who should have done it, Claire? It's a tough one in this episode, because I have, like, philosophical, like objections to some of the couples Mm -hmm. but i feel like and don't kill me i think that caroline and matt should have done it oh okay i thought you were gonna say bonnie and jeremy oh no it's like already never 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 never, 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 never. okay i could deal with that i think maybe they did in the bathroom probably or no no they didn't because the power went out so i wish that matt had just been like i'm the bus boy not the manager they can handle it themselves (laughs) and just like had a little quickie with caroline in the bathroom before everything went to shit because it would have been just the capper on caroline's perfect moment like she could have had a time to be with the dude she loves for whatever goddamn reason and it would have been nice and then he would have been an asshole and she could have moved on but at least have gotten her cookies yeah i think that that's fair and i feel like caroline deserves to be happy and that would have made her happy so yeah I agree. For want of a better option, Caroline and Matt. Yes. Oh, man. So another week gone. So much ahead. There's a really amazing episode coming up. I cannot wait with another decade dance. I don't know how many episodes it is until that happens, but... Oh, wow. I was just thinking that we haven't had a Founders-related activity in quite some time. I feel like the first season, literally every episode was a Founders activity. Oh, yeah. Well, they had the activity this week at the grill, so it wasn't the Founders, but it was like a town thing. Yeah. The Founders live music. <laughs> That's the Founders what the band punk rock called. show. <laughs> yeah. They should have just been called the Founders. Yes. We should start a band called the Founders. Yes. I'm in. Will we get sued by the beer? No. Founders is public domain, like the founders of our country. The Founding Fathers. We should start a band called The Founding Fathers. Yes, and it's all female bands. Yes. I love the idea of all female bands with, like, male names. Yeah. I've been trying to get people to start a girl band called Space Boys for a long time. Oh my god, I love it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're getting into more Beth and I catching up on personal (laughs) discussions than the podcast, so we will leave you here with our uh, usual recap of places you can mystic follow us. Uh, we really would love it if you followed us on Twitter. We are trying to tweet a little bit more and engage you guys. So come and interact with us. We'd love to talk to you. We sure would. Um, we would also love if you followed us on Instagram. Our handle is the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. Um, and we put up some pretty funny clips and various pictures of ourselves and various pictures of Jeremy looking stupid. So it's a really good time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we also are on Facebook. You can find us just by searching Vampire Diaries Diaries. We're on Tumblr. And of course, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes and most places that you could listen to podcasts. Yes. And our promise last week still stands. If you're the first person to review us on iTunes in 2018, we will write you a poem and recite it in British accents live on the air. In unison. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. How could you not, people? Don't you want to hear it? Yes. Or do you maybe fear it? That's a preview Whoa. of our poetry skills. I'm I'm very impressed. <laughs> All right. So have a wonderful week, everybody. Make sure that if you're astrally projecting that the person whose house you're in doesn't have a flamethrower. And if they do, get the fuck out of there. And stay warm. Mozzarella.